Hi everyone, Master Jedi Colleen here, co-host of Bohemian Geek Studies and yet another Star Wars podcast. But I'm not only a podcaster, I'm also an author. My second novel was published last fall and it debuted as number one horror novel on Amazon, which was really cool. If you like Stephen King, weird happenings in small towns, or just looking for a new writer, give my novel The Falls a try. It's set in Minnesota where everyone wears that nice facade. Nothing is ever what it seems. Find the Falls by Colleen McMillan on Amazon and the Between the Lines publishing website. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we'll put a shock to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode, yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Romeo plus Juliet was released. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Leo, DiCaprio, Claire Danes. They had swords and they, but they were guns with the word sword on the side. (laughs) I'll never forget that they had the most gangster, like pose for any William Shakespeare production ever created. <laughs> I uh, It's a classic. Um, you know, check it out if you haven't. Maybe yeah, or she... skip it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you can't afford to skip that has Romeo in it? Today's set of episodes. As we're talking about Static, Season 3, Episodes 8 through 10, with Showtime, Consequences, and our favorite one right now, Romeo in the mix. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get into this one. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a common theme throughout all of these episodes, which is kind of hilarious when you given the backstory on the consequences episode. Uh, But here I'm calling these three back to back episodes ego trip. I love it. I love that. (laughs) So we got our main cast of static is back. Now we got some special guest stars. He's already part of the cast all the time, but Kevin Michael Richardson does some double duty here as Mr. Hawkins and our the best agent ever created, Bernie Rast, who, honestly, I got to say, he basically reminded me of every single Golden Lord from the Meteor Man film. Yeah, he was all of them rolled into one. <laughs> and if you don't know who the Golden Lords are or who Meteor Man is for the younger generation out there, think about the Kendrick Lamar uh, Super Bowl performance that we just recently saw. So definitely same energy, but a lot crazier here in this episode. Next up, Kadeem Hardison is back as a band man. 
Kimberly Brooks returns as Puff. Um, we've already seen her make some vo- voice acting here already, but she's back. We've got Will Smith's mom from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Vi, a.k.a. Ver- Vernie Watson-Johnson, who's here once again as Daisy's mom. And then we have two other actors here with David Arquette wrapping it up with Leech. And finally, formerly on Married with Children, we have David Faustino as Starburst right before he decided to jump into the world of Avatar to become Mako in Legend of Korra. What a great beginning. What a great, (laughs) kind of the same character when you really think about it. Oh yeah, almost the same color scheme too. It's just like that very, very orangey fire. I mean, there's no fire here, but it was just very, very similar color scheme. He has a type, definitely has a type. All right, so it's time to begin. You know what time it is? It's showtime. Oh God, I I got PTSD just from hearing Showtime <laughs> as the title, but you know they start off start off running. The Meta Men are back uh, by Meta Men. It's just Puff and, <laughs> <laughs> and her bounty hunter friend, and they are fighting Static and Gear. And to Gear's credit, he's out there doing some work, taking down mm-hmm. Puff. It it's pretty pretty impressive showing from him. Yeah, I agree. I was really surprised to see that Gear was just really stepping out there and really just taking down both Puff and Onyx. Um, Static did help because, you know, he does have the the more uh, powerful power. But honestly, Gear could have really handled this solo. And it shows that he deserves his own show. Unfortunately, Static is the one that gets his own show because after their quick win, Gear interrupts the celebration to point out that Static is on TV for a new show called heroes not the one with um milo and um agent nathan petrelli it's a very different kind of heroes <laughs> static's upset because he's like where are my residuals i need to be making money off of this so he decides to go to the executive and we quickly meet this executive who is predicting the future again static this executive is obsessed with soy milk he can't stand any other soy milk <laughs> Any other kind of milk in his coffee, it has to be soy. And we can see that he's kind of the typical Hollywood exec. He has an assistant who has been begging for him to read the screenplay for five months. But this executive is just not doing it. And as he's sitting things, putting things into motion, Static comes in through the biggest windows I have seen in any office building in history because this executive is that rich. And he needs to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, he he's able to fly in through the window. I think uh, hopefully Bernie Rass opens it up for him rather than Static just like crashing through. But as they're talking, this is when Static kind of confronts him about the show. But Bernie Rass shows that he's like the, the executive with the silver tongue because he's talking about like saying how, you know, he's trying to gas him up, saying that like, you know, you could be the next it hero bigger than Batman, bigger than Superman, even though they were the ones that we wanted to get on the show originally. But we got you, and you can make it so good. And he points out to a group of kids that are hanging around downstairs on the street. And I love this moment, because here are you thinking that Bernie Rass is out here using the impoverished youth approach to try to convince somebody to, to, to give or something like that. Lo and behold, we find out that Bernie Rass has been paying these kids to hang around the street corner just for this moment, for when Static comes through, so that he could tug at his heart at his heartstrings here, and I love it. I think this is the 
most conniving way we can get Static to be on the show. This is hilarious because, you know, we talked about earlier about them having an entire episode where Static was this inspiration and it was a really emotional moment about him being an inspiration for youth. So to see them be conscious of that and twist it around here is hilarious. <laughs> I, I have to give them props for doing this. And, you know, the kids are the future and they do convince Static to go through with it. So the next day he is on set. They got his dread sheen <laughs> ready. <laughs> the soul let that soul glow there. Yes. <laughs> they got the soul glow. <laughs> and yeah, they're sitting in the makeup chair, and you got this pissed off crew member who I was like, this guy must have dealt with other superheroes before because he is just so angry at static every way the every step of the way through while he's putting on the mic and everything. And they are with that, they're, they're ready to go fly into the skies and try to look for some crimes. Yeah. So we got gear and static flying around. And unfortunately it's pretty quiet in Dakota. This is either showing that static and gear are putting in some really good work and uh, calming down the streets or everybody's just decided to take the day off. Who doesn't get the memo though, is this new villain by the name of Starburst who is stealing money from the ATMs and Bernie Rass is loving all the dialogue that Static is throwing out there but Gear is just trying to get back onto the task he's like we gotta get back on mission this guy's causing a lot of trouble and what's even worse we find out that Starburst has the same exact powers as Static which is causing them a lot to be fearful of because it shows how powerful Static really is if he had turned to a darker side as this guy is like tearing up streets and breaking apart cars and knocking over buildings. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they throw in, in the middle of all this chaos. Again, a very funny writing this episode because one time Bernie Rast turns to the camera and goes, if I was shooting, this would be a perfect time for a commercial break. And then it cuts the commercial. <laughs> yes, I remember that so vividly from when I first saw this episode as a kid. Yeah, that that was brilliant. But we get back to the action. Virgil and Starburst do this Kamehameha struggle. Unfortunately, Virgil loses and gets launched in the garbage. And Starburst, in a great moment of branding, floats away on a giant star. <laughs> I cannot believe this. So now we're back at Bernie Rass office and he's basically just pissed over how this latest episode of Heroes has ended for them. And now back at the gas station, this is when Static's ego starts showing up. Like he's talking about how frustrated he is about how he got shown up and got punked like a clown here in front of, I don't know if this is going to be um, like a nationally syndicated show at some point, or this is just going to be like a HBO Max kind of special. But anyway, he's very upset about the fact that he got films getting beat this badly. And Richie is just like, why didn't you just stop and listen to me? You spent more time trying to put on the front for the cameras when just before, you know, we saw how good our teamwork is. And this leads to a fight between uh, Virgil and Richie and this is when Richie is just like, you know what? I'm done. If you, um, you know, he commented that Static was a solo act. So, you know, he might as well just continue that trend. And he decides to quit being on the show altogether. Yeah, you get another iconic Bernie Rass line here 
where he says, I was going to cut around Richie anyway, <laughs> which is just savage. But they go out for another confrontation to Starburst. And since the camera crew is following in helicopters, I wonder how much fuel these guys are burning every mm. day. Like that, that is not cheap fuel, guys. That's a little more expensive than uh, premium unleaded. And <laughs> he tries to defeat Starburst with a great strategy. He tears up the power lines, which again, tearing up the power lines here, bringing back static shocking scene of destruction because <laughs> he has damaged the infrastructure of Dakota for, for thousands Potentially millions. <laughs> exactly. Do you know how many people can no longer play their video games or at least like get to work correctly because the streetlights are got out right now? I mean, static. Come on, man. Like this wasn't this was a good move. I'll admit that. But at the same time, like somebody's got to be paying these bills. Yeah. And unfortunately, all of that was for nothing, because as during the battle, Starburst creates this android 17 mewtwo barrier <laughs> and blocks the battle and leaves static just hanging in the wires and after the battle they get home and sharon even acknowledges that virgil is pissed like he he doesn't want to talk to anyone but richie comes to him and and really wants to figure this out together and try to solve what the problem is and together, they kind of they figure out a solution. They don't tell us because we're too busy cutting to. Oh, my God. Not again. A man with a diamond briefcase on the subway. Yes. Again. Again. <laughs> Why is this happening again? They are basically saying, telling us that we understand it didn't work for the bank, baby guess. But will you accept it if it was diamonds? And the worst part is is that he kept opening up the briefcase. Why? Why was it open on this train at all? And they added on another guy that was just like, oh yeah, we got extra backup this time. No, that's that's not going to help you keep opening up the briefcase. <laughs> What's that going to do if Ebon shows up, the second guy? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Again, Take a car with your precious items, people. But... In any case, while Rast is trying to decide whether to call Rubber Band Man of, to come in and <laughs> replace Static, Static says, you know, give me another shot. I think I have a strategy against Starburst, which leads to the third Starburst confrontation. And this was a big one because as Starburst <laughs> finds out about the train, which I do have the question a lot of this stuff about happens in Dakota. Now, when Back when we had the, uh, what's it called? The the guy that had the boom box in his chest and his sister that created the mirages. Now, they announced that there was money on the table like for them to just come through and just take. This time around, it just seems like Starburst just knew that he could just go and find the diamonds on this random train. So I do need to know, is there a leak in the Dakota security system, that's just like telling all the villains that like, hey, they're transporting this at this time or someone's making this drop of money at this time. Because it did seem weird to me that Starburst knew exactly where to go. You know, I recently watched uh, The Raid 2, which is like The Departed, only every moment is an action scene. And 
I th- I'm thinking corrupt cops because that both movies have corrupt cops. I'm mm-hmm. thinking there's a corrupt cop in Dakota. I'm not pointing fingers at cop stash from last week, but I also am saying it's probably him. And I think he's leaking the secrets and taking away a, a, a little bit of the cut. That makes sense. Also, if he shows up right on time, he could look like a hero. Mm-hmm. Perfect cover. No, yep. you're never caught. Never caught. Never caught. We keeping our eyes on you, cop stash. Keeping our eyes on you. But anyway, as Starburst is flying through, he's able to steal the gems. And um, this is when Static is able to steal them back, leading to a one more aerial attack against the two of them, where they're filming it. And this is where Static reveals that he now knows that Starburst has been stealing his energy. And this energy is being stolen by the camera audiovisual kit that Static has been carrying around since he started this show. And it's been transmitting his powers directly to Starburst. And now I just have to think about it this way. Starburst flies around on a star. He is taking on the powers because he's like, let's just say he is absorbing the powers in some way, shape, or form. We basically created the DC Milestone Universe version of Kirby. And I love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's funny because there's a similar person that comes up later on, too, that has kind of similar abilities. <laughs> and yeah, I think, th- yeah, th- but with the star, the star really puts him up top as the one on one Kirby. He would have survived in Super Smash. Mm-hmm. Put this character, put Starburst in Smash campaign. That's what we're bringing back the petition. <laughs> <laughs> petition to put Starburst in Smash. <laughs> And I will definitely keep playing as that character uh, as long as he doesn't like basically fail like how he did in the rest of this episode here. Because as soon as he loses the transmitter access to Static's powers, he immediately starts losing his own powers. And this is when Gear comes in for the final cleanup. He's And as Static and Gear are standing over Starburst's captured self... Bernie Rass walks over with his camera and unmasked Starburst, revealing him to be the assistant that was bringing him the soy milk coffee in the very beginning of the episode. But not really, because the assistant reveals the most heinous secret. He used whole milk the whole time. Every Damn. time. What an evil villain. That is evil. And <laughs> put this man that's number one on that list of the top villains list, because this beats out Magneto and Darkseid. Dark who? It's all about Starburst. <laughs> but what I do love about this reveal is that in the middle of the assistant explaining his motivations, Bernie Rash just takes a phone call. He's like, whatever. <laughs> yes. He doesn't even care. He doesn't care. And I think that's a great, great way to, to, to bring his arc full circle and not try to make it a real serious thing. And Bernie Rast is like, yeah, we're going to do this for 26 more episodes. Again, leaning on that that fourth wall hard in this episode. And the episode ends with static and gear on top. And all they have to do is figure out whose name is bigger on the the poster. Because, you know, like for the logo for this one, my name is bigger on the uh, yet another DC animated podcast. Uh Oh yeah, definitely. I it, it it really is because it's not like at all that I made sure that mine was at fourteen point one and yours was at fourteen. What? Hmm. Hmm. Never did anything like that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to measure that. 
So now that um, I guess I've been found out, it's time for the consequences, which is also the name of our next episode. <laughs> food transitions, food transitions Thank you. here. Thank you, I've been practicing. <laughs> we are taken back to season two. So in case you're wondering what happened here, why does Virgil have the white shirt and why does the character design look so different? It's because this is one of the episodes that premiered in season three that was supposed to drop in season two. But um, I don't know, due to timing or just like red tape and all that, we just weren't able to do it. But luckily, though, it does match very well with the ego trip that Virgil is on during these three episodes. As Virgil is flying through the air, he's showing off his skills. He's like impressing the cl- the crowd and everybody's just loving the swag that he's just basically flying around on that is until he come he finds himself bouncing into rubber band man and this leads to an argument between them which gets quickly interrupted by the heinous villain of all lightning blade mcgee yes lightning blade mcgee is out in the toys of palooza which i guess is like the failed toys r us and I want to say it's like between EV Toys and Toys R Us. It's somewhere in between. There. Yeah, I was like, do the kids even know what EV Toys is? I don't know. <laughs> it's the deep cuts, y'all. Deep cuts. Uh, so, yeah, he's trying to rob the toy store. And I mean, honestly, with the amount of stuff going on in Dakota, just let them do it. They got insurance. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> don't waste resources on this. That's probably why no cops showed up. But Static decides to intervene even though rubber band man is already on the scene and trying to handle the situation himself rubber band man is saving civilians from getting hurt nearby after like drawers and everything are falling everywhere but static is just concerned with making things look cool so he harnesses a ninja bot display and makes his own rock'em sock'em transformer robot (laughs) to take down lightning blade mcgee yeah, and even though he is successful in this, it does cause a bit of damage. I don't want to say shocking damage, but it is enough that it causes Overband Man to come up to Static and tell him, that, yo, once again, you've been showboating. I don't like it because people are getting in danger. And given my own history of what I've been through, I'm trying to make sure that I'm putting on a good face and making sure I'm doing the right thing 100% of the time. And although this altercation between the two of them doesn't, pop up in the news report puff and onyx do see that they are they see static just showboating on screen as they're upset once again that static ended their careers early of being bouncy hunters back when um rubber band man first escaped out of jail so now they feel that they're just back to being common criminals thanks to static and they this is where they meet up with their informant who it tells them that there's going to be an armored car robbery that they can definitely pull. The only thing is that it's going to be in Static's territory. And the the guy, Dante, uh, voiced by Bumper Robinson, he's, he's shook. Like, he doesn't want, he's even afraid just to say Static's name. He's got, like, that Voldemort status amongst the, the criminals here in this pool hall now. But Puff and Onyx are just like, you know what? It's okay. We'll just keep on committing other crimes until we work up to this one. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but I, I can't can't let Bumper Robinson inside. This vocal performance mm-hmm. was a choice. <laughs> 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 this man, I'm going to do my best to imitate it, and, and you can tell me if I'm off base here. But one of his first lines, he comes in and goes, 
do you have to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Nails on the chalkboard. What, what the is this voice that he put on here? I don't. This voice took me out of the episode every time. <laughs> every I was like, I'm in the episode and then he speaks. And then I'm like, what is going on with this voice? <laughs> He was too shook. That was it. He was just too shook. It was like, it was too far. Too far, man. Yeah, I hope that's not his natural voice because, damn. <laughs> um, the characters, I mean. But in any case, uh, so Puff, Puff and Onyx are ready to fight Static and and get what they need and steal. And they're, they're just ready for all the action. And meanwhile, Virgil is riding high. He's at home giving a report uh i guess like an oral report mm-hmm. to that he for t- meta how metahumans have helped to c- contributed to dakota's terrorism and it's it was nice because we saw the cop oh yeah officer jessup made that return yeah, yeah. so we definitely saw at least now? like a third date is, yeah she's gone now <laughs> she's, she's nowhere in season three <laughs> and then she went to she probably went to star city yeah <laughs> died in two seconds from like a flash <laughs> collateral uh, reverse flash just showed up in town and that was it <laughs> um, but Virgil is now just riding high he's even Richie is like all right you can stop talking about yourself for two seconds and despite the fact that him and Richie had plans once Daisy calls up he's like yo yo ma we gonna see that new Sandler movie tonight like what's up <laughs> and I'm, I get it if you're a boy at that age or at my current age, you would probably make a similar call here, but <laughs> it's I uncharacteristic love, for Virgil. It really is. And it was so out of the box because I don't know if you heard the R&B song that they started playing in the background <laughs> or even the lyrics from that song. <laughs> it basically started off like, girl, is getting hard. And I was like, hold on now. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hold on. Hey, yo. <laughs> and... Luckily, though, um, this seems to be I'm hoping that this was a more PG-13 movie, though. I'm pretty sure it wasn't because based off of that time, the Adam Sandler movie that Virgil would have been taking Daisy to go see would either have been Mr. Deeds or Punch Drunk Love, both of which I feel he would need parental guy like a, a parent to buy this ticket for him. Yeah, and I- I, he definitely shouldn't be seeing Punk Drunk Love at that age. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely he's, not. He's not ready. Mr. Deeds, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Uh, harmless. Not age well, but harmless. <laughs> uh, so at the theater, Daisy is even pointing out to Virgil, like, I did want to go to the movie with you, but I didn't like your approach. You've been too cocky. I like when you're humble. And he's kind of hearing it, but not really. And then Puff and Onyx show up. And he sees that they're stealing from the movie theaters. And I mean, at nine dollars a ticket, given or give or take for inflation, that's a pretty good haul. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so static Virgil goes and changes into a static uniform. Better excuses. He's saying he had to go get the snacks. A good, good one, Virgil. Mm-hmm. And he gets into this battle with Puff and he breaks out. Even though this episode was supposed to happen in season two, he does steal the Android 17 barrier idea to deflect Puff's blast. Uh, but unfortunately, some of the blasts go places he did not want them to. Yeah, because unfortunately, as Daisy and a bunch of other people are watching the crowd, Daisy off, is off to the side by herself. You know, we're thinking that she's at a safe distance, but 
as soon as one of Puff's puff darts, I believe they were called, hits the archway that Daisy is standing under, this is when the whole thing starts to dissolve and collapse on top of her. Now, Daisy was able to get away far enough. However, she trips, falls face forward, and then the rocks happen to fall near her feet. This was such a dangerous scenario because in the next scene, we find out that she's in the coma, uh, hooked up to every machine because she experienced brain trauma from this one foot fall. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because in one in one area, it is realistic, like mm-hmm. brain trauma can happen like this. But on a show like Static, you would expect it to be a little bit more dramatic. Right. <laughs> I I almost would have liked them to just cut away from it at the time and let us kind of fill in the blanks. But maybe there was some sensor reasons she had to fall like that. I don't know. Yeah, but it took me out of the episode, to be honest. (laughs) I I was just like, I'm sorry, this this looks like she just tripped. And then to find out that she was in a coma and everything, I was just like, what happened? Did other things keep on falling or was it just we just had we just it just happened? That that is a that maybe the floor got some big bang baby gas and it was harder than <laughs> oh usual. <my. laughs> I don't know. Everyone tracked in bang baby gas on their shoes, <laughs> um, and you know they don't clean those carpets well enough. So, but Daisy in a coma, regardless of how ridiculous it was and how it <laughs> happened, it definitely puts Virgil gets Virgil emotional because even the parents. Daisy's parents say, you know, it wasn't your fault. You were in the bathroom. Uh, And I think it's a nice little running theme of like, I I know there was a story about Miles Morales in the same situation where I was like, yeah, it was my fault. He, Virgil blows off steam by blowing up things in the junkyard without his suit. Yeah, and this is when Richie is zooming in on his scooter. Again, since this is a season two episode, Richie does not have his identity as gear so he cannot fly over in the same way so he um as he's driving around on his scooter he finds virgil and tells him to calm down because he can see the blast from his own house and virgil doesn't want to hear it so he decides that he's just going to head back home where sharon that rubber band man are basically trying to talk to him sharon's trying to use every trick that she has in the book trying to um say that yo you could this my food you could talk about how i need a muzzle, anything like that. I just want to make sure you're okay. I just want to hear you talk. However, Rubber Band Man seems to not really care in a way, but not for the sense of just like trying to get Virgil to talk. He shows that he cares there. However, he doesn't care for it when Sharon starts talking about what happened with Static and Daisy um, at the movie theater because Rubber Band Man comments on how Often recently, he's been seeing that Static isn't really taking care of the public like he should be. And this is what causes Virgil to get quite upset right before his dad and Officer Jessup comes through to share some news about the investigation, about how they haven't been able to find Puff and Onyx, but they do know that they usually hang out at this local pool hall. And this is when, um, even though Officer Jessup tells Rubber Band Man to keep, keep away from it, don't don't start nothing over there. Virgil decides to head over himself, donned in his static costume. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, Officer Jessup is a terrible cop. Uh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Damn. <laughs> You can't be dropping that kind of information to emotional kids, especially when half of them in the house are bang babies that you know of. Like, what What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Come on now. She really out here tried to use great power because great responsibility. It failed to realize that, like, they got too much power. Right. But shoddy police work aside, Virgil decides to take advantage of the lead, learning that there are some people that hang out in a pool hall, you know, closest thing they can get to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> and he flies in there and he is in terrifying form. I, I mean, he's got the song, You Want to Play Rough? Okay. okay. Uh, you got that song going. He's beating on people. And he really looks like Batman in this scene. Mm-hmm. And this scene is really like hardcore and stuff until until Bumper talks. Um, and, <laughs> don't do it, steady. Like, what is this performance? <laughs> but before Static can go too far, Rubber Band Man shows up. Yeah, and luckily, Rubber Band Man is able to go toe to toe with Static. Though Static shows off, he got some real power here. Like, when he's really unleashed, like, there's that one point where we just see his eyes glow. And you can tell that he's trying to manipulate the, the metal around him to use it as a projectile attack on Rubber Band Man. And I was just like, I have never seen him do this, I feel. Like, basically have, like, be, have telekinesis with, like, just using his electrical abilities. So that's wild that this is something he's been holding back this entire time. Yeah, that's a definite first for, for Static for me. I've not ever seen him attempt something like this before. Mm-hmm. But luckily, Rubber Band Man's able to dodge out the way, turn himself into a uh, a racket in order to swat Static away. And this just gives Rubber Band Man just enough time to talk through to him, um, just telling him that, like, you know, he was basically said that I saw the video. I saw what happened. The same way that you're blaming Puff and Onyx for what happened to Daisy, you were equally as responsible because you could have done something way better than the showboat once again. And that's the only reason why Daisy got hurt. And this leads to static, just like, even though he's like ready to throw the one, two end your life combo, he decides <laughs> to hold back. Cause he realizes that what rubber band man is saying is right. I mean, he's out of the line, but he was right. So. <laughs> yeah. And this is it's so weird because this coming after, Coincidentally, coming after the episode where he had a TV show, it really is a nice one-two punch in, st- in terms of story of him being so cocky and full of himself. And now he has to really come to terms with being not taking too much pride in his accomplishments, like always being humble. And this sense of humility drives Richie to forgive Virgil. And <laughs> this is again where I forgot he wasn't gear, so he had to Virgil still has to do this by himself. But <laughs> <laughs> he, he uh, Richie does forgive him. And there's a before we get to the final battle, Virgil gives a really great monologue to Daisy while she's in a coma, basically, you know, telling him that telling her that you know he just wanted to show off and wanted to impress people, and in the course of that lost track of what was really important, which was making sure people were safe. And so it's a really good monologue from him. And I really did like that. They took the time to 
have the sit down conversation before getting back to the crazy action. Yeah, I agree. And it's so well done that it also leads into Richie and Virgil once again, talking that same dialogue through because um, as he, as they're both heading back home, this is where they see that Puff is now causing some mass destruction throughout the coda because she's using it as a tactic to draw out Static once again, because she knows that Static is off his game after somebody got hurt. And this scene, to me, kind of like really echoed back out to what happened in the first season when Static had to face off against Hot Streak. And it was their first time meeting in which Static lost the first time around. He was just like, all right, I got to get back in the game because as long as someone's out there causing this much distraction, even though I'm feeling so low, I gotta do something. And it's Richie who's there once again, kind of being the the person who's trying to give all the variables to calm him down. So he's just saying, he's like, yo, I know you're in a tight spot right now, but you also gotta be careful about what you're doing and all that. So I'm glad to see that that friendship, even in, even like before season three started with Richie becoming gear that they included that part, because I think it really helped to bring back the focus of just like static needed to get his head out of his situation and more into the game here. And as static is flying out, he's like, take trying to do his best to keep everybody safe. That's like watching the fight between him and puff, which I got to say right now, why don't people run away from these fights? Like, like you got Puff, who's got those Danny Phantom powers, and can like, <laughs> yo, shit, she is Danny Phantom, <laughs> <laughs> and you can like melt your face off. Like, why are you sitting around waiting to see what happens? Like, go home, watch Shelly Sandoval. We'll tell you about it later. <laughs> but you can see here, yeah, Static is taking care of business. He's making sure everyone's safe, but. Eventually, Puff lures him into the house again with her Danny Phantom powers, basically goes through the door and Onyx is ready to kill Static mm-hmm. on sight because he knocks down the the support beams of the already weak house and it topples on top of Static. And luckily, Static again with the force shield that keeps him safe. And he is able to retaliate. Well, he's able to keep himself safe with pipes and a shield as well. Mm-hmm. And as the foolicious Burger Fool sign is about to fall and harm more people, Static takes care of business, but Rubber Man Man comes bouncing in. And I do love Rubber Band Man literally bouncing into the scene of a crime. <laughs> that is true. And he also bounces off too, because Static is just like, yo, I got these people. I'm checking to make sure they're safe. You head on over to take down Puff and Onyx, which already shows here that he's like putting more thought into his game plan and making sure that if he has enough resources, he doesn't need to do everything, which leads to his showboating. So Rubber Band Man um, ends up finding Puff and Onyx, which funny thing is, I was looking back on this scene, their hideout is the same place where Virgil went to go meet Wade back in episode one in the premiere episode to get the gun from him to be inducted into the gang. So it's kind of like a nice little homage given who Puff is in the comics. And unfortunately, um, Rubber Bandman isn't able to take down both of them. He is able to take down Onyx, but Puff does get the upper hand as she's ready to send off one more of her Puff darts 
in his way, but Stag's able to track him just in time to knock Puff away from causing the to causing any more harm, and also uses a fi- uh, fire hydrant to basically negate Puff's powers here on the scene. That did make me curious if a he knew that was her weakness prior to this point, mm-hmm. and b I I guess it works. <laughs> <laughs> Someone please explain it to me, but I don't. I guess it works. It know, is. It is. It is actually comic book accurate. Okay. Which I'll talk about more once we <laughs> once we reach that part. But we got to talk about because we can't keep people waiting on Romeo in the mix now. Oh yeah, uh, just one last thing about that episode. Uh, mm-hmm. It ends with Virgil. Daisy comes out of the coma. And Virgil, oh, right, makes, I forgot she woke up. Yeah, she did wake up. <laughs> uh, Virgil makes a big electric Daisy in the sky, and at this point, because I believe Daisy's a very smart girl, she must know Virgil is static. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a like, good point. Did she did did she think that is easy to believe that static happened to learn her name after one random girl got hurt at one random incident, or? You know, so I'm going to assume she knows from this point forward in my own head canon. I mean, then we also but we also do have the the lowest, the lowest lane complex. So, you know, is Daisy smarter than Lois Lane? This would be the questions that we need to answer. Oh, right. Right. OK. You know, that's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is my rebuttal to your to your point, sir. <laughs> DC Comics doesn't do a good job with like with secret identities and general common sense knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so now that we got Romeo in the mix here, we got uh, Francis is running across rooftops. He finds his way into a motorcycle shop. He's trying to steal one, but he gets stopped by Ebon here. Yeah, and also there's a high top fade security guard that I love. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why I just he stuck out to me also I'm gonna blame the store for leaving the keys in the motorcycle display just for and the motorcycle fully gassed on the the show floor that's that's all on you guys you're in Dakota but yes Ebon sneaks up on Francis and he Fran, Francis is like yo get your own but he soon realizes this ain't this ain't Ebon yeah, no, this is definitely not Ebon because we see a creepy smile pop up on Ebon's face. And we know from our series that Ebon don't be smiling. He mean mugs 24-7. And this is where we are introduced to Leech. Leech is a new bang baby in Dakota who can apparently steal the powers from other bang babies. And he has this like greenish skin, which as pawn touching uh francis here he drains his powers and immediately i guess gets francis's hair as an indicator that he absorbed francis's powers so now he's got this like fire steamed hairstyle yeah like a flaming uh yeah it's it's a weird thing frosted tips i think yeah he's got frosted tips now (laughs) i do love the animation i can't lie because there's a moment where he leeches disappearing into 
the shadows and you can see the outline of mm-hmm. Francis's hair for a second, which isn't part of his power. It, it's weird. I don't know why you would absorb the hair if you're absorbing the powers, but it's cool. So we'll we'll allow it. Yeah. But <laughs> Ebon and Francis are in this jail and Leech is like, you're going to stay here as I collect more powers. So it's a great effective intro to this villain. And on the lighter side, we find out that Bernie Rast is back and now he's working with little Romeo and he we got the actual little Romeo here mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and little Romeo is in Dakota. He wants to just kind of be normal and feel like a normal person while doing this music video. And Rast reveals that there was an insane contest where junior high schoolers can direct a potentially five hundred thousand dollar music video depending on inflation and resources this is insane this is it you would never let this happen (laughs) nor would it even get anywhere far this would probably just be this should have just been like hey you can win a hangout with romeo flow romeo i have no idea what the game plan was here because it definitely this seems like one of bernie rass's like kind of crazy schemes but luckily for us, Frida and Daisy are the ones who end up winning the contest, mainly because uh, they can they guarantee they can get Stad to come through for the music video. And also, Bernie Rass says that, like, yo, we can also hook you up, Lil Romeo, with your own static costume. So this immediately gets Lil Romeo to sign the paperwork and everything. As we jump over to the school now where Frida and Daisy are thrilled, about winning the contest but Virgil and Richie aren't quite happy about the fact that they're going to have to end up working with Bernie Rast once again yeah these two they're like oh god Bernie Rast but what does help is the the girls give Static a double kiss so at least for them it's it's at least for him there's a good Mm -hmm. incentive and he Bernie Rast refers to them as Statman and Gizmo and that's from now on. Anytime I talk about these characters, I will think Statman and Gizmo. I love this alternate universe, these variants. <laughs> and Romeo pulls up in the stretch. And this thing is, a, it's like, like Static says, in different zip codes. And surprisingly, as Romeo's getting into his static costume, that is, uh, we find out that these girls know what they're talking about they know how to direct a music video actually like they were using the right terminology but (laughs) okay that's good to know i was just like i have no idea what any of this means but i'm gonna assume it sounds right because people were following the instructions (laughs) oh yeah he was he was pretty good and yeah so they have it they're directing the video things are moving and meanwhile bootleg hot girl she's at it again stealing jewels from someone who's not on a train yeah, and Static and Gear having to jump in on the scene, but Bootleg Heart Girl ends up unleashing one of her, I guess, her Bootleg Canary cries uh, to cause a chandelier to fall on top of them. And this is when Leech, pretending to be Ebon once again, comes through, distracting her long enough that he's able to grab her and absorb her powers. And this is when Leech turns back to Static and Gear and it's just like, Static, don't worry. I'm going to take her off her hands, but just so you know, you're next. And this is where Static just ends up being shook because it's just surprising to see that, you know, he's not, he's a villain, 
but at the same time, he's like taking care of his own mother breed that's here. So he doesn't really know what's the ultimate intentions, especially given the fact that he was told that he was next on the list, which he quickly, I guess, forgets about because we're now back at the video shoot where Romeo was dropping. I, um, I, uh, was supposed to be straight fire. I, I don't know. It was a static in room down Romeo, every day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, mm. Uh, okay, yeah, we're gonna need to workshop a little that there, but I understand it's a little Romeo. It's gotta gotta be keep it clean for the kids. <laughs> yeah. So while the bars are debatable, what we can't debate is that static, the static imitation suit they gave Romeo is straight fire because mm. it can shoot small electric sparks. It looks t- tailor made. It's perfect. It fits him perfectly. So little. So Static and Romeo have a quick conversation about Static's power set, how he could be shorted out. And Static explains his powers really well to little Romeo. And as they are getting into the the swing of things for the video, Leech shows up and he grabs Static, um, but the wrong one, unfortunately, because he grabbed little Romeo Static and Rass passed out. <laughs> <laughs> upon seeing this which is absolutely hilarious and now little romeo hopefully the only time this will ever i'll ever say this little romeo ends up in jail while in jail (laughs) (laughs) leash decides to try to see if you can siphon off static's powers here but it's discovered again to be little romeo so he's quite upset but luckily for little romeo static ended up giving him one shock boxes um, earlier in the episode. So he's now, Static is now trying to call Lil Romeo to find a way that they can find to see where he's at so they can go and save him. Leech grabs the shock box and this time he's communicating with Static directly saying that he is going to, he's down to doing a, a switch as long as Static shows up solo. He's willing to let Lil Romeo go. But Who's not willing to let little Romeo go, though, is Francis, as right before we cut to our next scene, he asked for little Romeo's autograph for his quote unquote sister. Yeah, sure, Francis, you got it, sister. Come on, we all wanted that autograph at the time. Exactly. And yeah, so here Static agrees. He has no choice. He agrees to the exchange. And we see a horrifying thing where Leech gets the powers of Static and we know how dangerous that is. For anyone to have Static's power. And even Ebon is like, damn, I, I wish you had your powers virtual right now. Mm-hmm. And uh Leech even gets static shreds. Yo, <laughs> this was when I lost it because I was just like, wow, what how did this work out? How in what way does he take care of them? I hope he takes care of them now that he's got them. Yeah, you better put that sheen on there. <laughs> and 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 this is a really interesting thing that I love that the writers did. Leech explains that he can't retain their powers at all time. So he needs to keep them in jail, the metahumans he steals from, so he can constantly reabsorb their powers, which is great because it means that he, he there's a limit to his abilities and that mm-hmm. it's a great setup for the jail thing. And Romeo gets back home, back to the set, and <laughs> while Bernie Rass is preparing to replace Static with Robin, which I would like to see Tim Drake in a video with Little Romeo. I don't know. <laughs> I think he also suggested Beast Boy, too, because there was a mention of the 
the green one in tights and i was just like oh yes <laughs> also could have been in a dope music video we know he dropped those bars on teen titans go yo we're fire <laughs> <laughs> but little romeo is not content with leaving static in the lurch so he pulls up to the crime scene in the stretch <laughs> oh little romeo because he is able to deduce that when leech punched the wall the the bricks were not real prison bricks so he figured out it was a set and the girls take him to the oldest movie set in dakota where they know it's their fake prison so romeo's like you guys go ahead in the stretch i'll i'll just stay here i won't investigate so little romeo immediately goes to investigate Mm -hmm. as as one does when you're little romeo so as he is walking through because he's actually actually able to see that leech left um I guess he's flying away with Talon's wings, but also on Static's flying disc. Uh, this was confusing because I, I didn't know why he needed two forms of flight to, to get anywhere. To rub it into everybody's face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, little Romeo goes through the old movie studio. He ends up hearing the, the cries of Static and the Metabreed as he's able to find some keys and he unlocks everybody this starts their initial escape plan as everybody's able to get to the doorway. However, right before Static and Lil Romeo are about to exit, the Metabreed close the doors on them fully, chaining up and just say that we're going to leave you behind to deal with this guy or just leave you behind so we never have to deal with you again. So smart plan. I yeah, gotta admit. it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I, I, I even wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> no honor among thieves. And it's bad timing because Leech has just returned back from fighting Gear, which he's not interested in because Gear doesn't have superpowers that he knows of. But Static has managed to recharge some energy, not a lot, not enough. So now he's at this advantage, disadvantage with Leech, who is a genuinely terrifying villain. Mm-hmm. I have to say, like, this guy is very intimidating and has. And we're not just talking about looks because do this, dude's fugly, though. I'll, yeah. I'll admit it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I see why he turned evil. And so Static is at a disadvantage. He can't beat Leech. He's too depowered. But Romeo, little Romeo remembers that Static's power is short out and that he has just the thing. So using his Static suit, he sets off the fire, the sprinklers, and is able to short out Leech. Yeah, and it's such a smart scene because as... We wrap up. Static has him trapped in one of those like old school uh, movie theater money bags. Um, he's carrying out Leech and he's walking with Lil Romeo. And he's just like, how did you know what to do there? And this is when Lil Romeo says that, you know, back when he was um, having Static's powers explained to him, he remembered that Static said that even when he's out of juice, he always knows that he has his brain to back him up. So he, this is like a nice little homage to just the fact of how static is really showing that it doesn't you don't have to be a superpower being as long as you got the smarts you can be a hero at any point and luckily for them too they see that gear just basically it was meta breed season for for gear as he's captured every single one of them again and they're happy about this because as they are heading out this is how our episode ends. Everybody's just locked up in prison when it comes to the Meta Breed and Leech. And now we can continue on with making the music video, which we will never see because we only saw bits of it and we never saw the final cut. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate because I I think uh, I think it's probably going to be a good one. Maybe on the maybe on par with Thriller or Bad, but <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and I do want I do love the there's a karma where Gear was like, yeah, these metahumans are really easy to capture without their powers. So yeah, that that's karma catching up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so little Romeo closes our our uh, our ego trip. So. Where, where do you stand? These three episodes, they have their ups, they have their downs, but how do they stack up for you? Yeah, I think if I had to put in my worst episode, uh, it's got to go to Showtime. You know, it's uh, it's too, for me, it's just a little too basic. Um, I think it was a great introduction to Bernie Rast since we got the second episode of him. But, you know, it's, uh, I think that's, we we kind of have been seeing that Static's ego ego has been growing a bit, and it seems here that they kind of wrapped it up too deeply in the bow, given that these were the follow up episodes. It could have I could have felt that like I just felt that like you know there could have been some more they could have gone with. I do love the idea of Starburst and what happened there, and just like the shadiness of Bernie Rass. But in comparison to these other two episodes, it just fell short for me, making it the worst. Now the best episode. This is a tough one, uh, but I might have to give it to Consequences. Consequences is a very milestone static comic feel of a story. We had a real scenario that affected static close to close to the heart. And we saw how him acting out was then tackled by rubber band man addressing it. Now, it wasn't believable the way that Daisy fell and what happened to her, but I will say that they did a great job otherwise in creating a dynamic. That monologue that Static had in the hospital was great. That conversation between the two of them, Static showing off his true powers when he's angry, even Richie jumping in too to, for this conversation at different points. I That's what made me love it. And, you know, no shame, no, no shade to little Romeo. His episode was great. And I think it was a great, um, you know, it was like a great TV static episode. But because of the fact that this version and consequences was so comic book like, that's why I got to give it to consequences. Yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with these. Uh, I, I agree that of the of the three, Showtime is pretty much the weakest uh, because just a weird the starburst uh something about starburst didn't really come together for me <laughs> um there's kind of no static is usually pretty good about indicating who its villains are early on but it seemed like to me like the assistant should have been in it a little bit more like mm-hmm. i don't know yeah no i it, hear that i was just like oh it's the if this was a scooby-doo episode and it was revealed that it was the guy on set this is fine but for a static it's like there's no real deep motivation, which they even make fun of. That said, it's probably the funniest episode of these three, but it it definitely is not the strongest. And for my top, it's going to sound like I'm trolling, but Romeo and the Mix took it for me. What is it with you and the celebrities <laughs> making appearances on Static? I, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, what Romeo and the Mix did for me with this is it gave me a terrifying villain, which is Leech. I think I really did like Leech and his plan. It was just to accumulate more power by taking it from the less deserving and then 
you know, trying to build, work his way up to static. I think he was very strategic. Getting Ebon first was a real power move. Mm-hmm. I, I think as far as celebrities playing themselves in a show go, Little Romeo is not bad here. He's really not bad. He his performance is committed. He works in this ridiculous. It's a ridiculous narrative, but it somehow works. The scene where he's just on a roller coaster that I'm like, that they cut the brake line to, like it, it. This is an insane episode, and but I have fun with it because of how ridiculous and committed it goes, and I do appreciate the show's deep messages, and I do appreciate consequences for for going for going deep and like reminding us that static is you know he he's not immune to getting carried away but honestly the 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 vocal work and you know things like daisy hitting her head static potentially exposing his identity (laughs) (laughs) to anyone who can put together things uh officer jessup just giving up the information in the middle of the episode I think there were some some things that kept it from being perfect mm. for me. And I think I I just can't I couldn't believe it when I saw it, but I I, I had the best time with Romeo in the mix. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but it uh it it finally has surpassed Shaq in every way. Wow. Okay. And yeah, it, it didn't even have Carmen Dillo, which amazingly, you know, with that handicap, they Statman and Gizmo pulled it off. <laughs> All right, so here's hoping that one day we get a chance to see this little Romeo Static music video, and we do get a chance to see Carmen Dillo pop up. Because I feel like this, I'm, I'm, you know, hearing you talk about it, it does make sense. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great storytelling that came up in the Romeo in the mix, especially because none of it felt like there was any kind of loopholes or plot holes that people tried to randomly fill at any point, shape, or form. So, all right, I hear it, I hear it. I still can't believe that Romeo, though, was in the Static episode and surpassed Shaq. So shout out to little Romeo for for putting in some good work here. (laughs) Now, for in terms of comic book knowledge, it's time to drop it. Uh, Little Romeo didn't make an appearance in Static, the Static comics. I'm sorry, man. This is this is the only experience we'll get with Static and little Romeo. But we do get a chance to see some of the major themes that did come out from these episodes pop up into the comics, specifically in static number 10 and 11, and also static numbers 22 through 24. Now with 10 and 11, this is the comic that basically introduces Puff to the DC milestone universe. Virgil is, you know, he is kind of like in the episode of Consequences, he is very much into wanting to hang out with Daisy, very much feeling her like she um, he just wants to go on a date with her. And in these comics, he does go on a date with her. However, he does find out that somebody around town is saying that they love Static so much. And it's just like tagging up the city and destroying it. And we find out that it's Puff, who is basically using this tactic to actually try to scam Static. She's trying to take him out. And it's funny here just to see that... Um, one, there is a drastic character styling of these two characters. So in the Static Shock series, we've seen Puff as she has these, like, she has her purple hair and, like, per- like purple Afro puffs. She's always pictured as an African-American teenager. In the comics, that is not the case. She hmm. is a 
white presenting blonde, I believe she is a Latina female, who her gas, instead of it being um, purple like in the show, it is very green. But the crazy thing about it is just that I've been realizing it more and more because we saw so many times that we've seen Puff interact with Static here in our series that, you know, it's it's cool to kind of see that this character was changed in this way, but still kind of have the same elements of her, the way that she interacts with Static. Like they kind of have this play where she's like almost flirting with him at times. And even in, like, as we heard a lot in this episode, he comments on her bad breath. And that's something pulled directly from the comics. He actually offers her a piece of dentine, um, dentine gum in order to change <laughs> up what, she's, what gas she's sending out. But I can see that a lot of her character kind of made its way from the comic books into these stories. Although we don't get a chance to see Onyx, she does team up with this character named Coil. And in terms of like her power set and how she got taken out, her weaknesses, this is actually pulled directly from the comic too. Uh, so you asked about this, about the whole fire hydra, how did it work? As Static one time, and his first altercation with her, she ends up trapping him with the help of her teammate Coil. But while he's in class one day, he realizes that because of the way she conducts her powers, he's probably able to actually use water to affect her her chemical makeup or kind of like her molecular structure and this is why whenever he decides to take down puff he always uses basically his own weakness to take her down okay that okay now that makes sense now that we have some science and chemistry i didn't do too well in chemistry so uh (laughs) it does make sense uh (laughs) but yeah no i i do like this i do like this uh that there is a reason it just felt really inconsistent within the series the tv series because it never been i don't remember it being introduced before but uh i'm glad it does come around it does i'm actually they actually do a better job of it in the tv series than they do in the comic in my opinion um in the comic she is every time she gets hit with water or at least it's what happens to her in the comic in this uh, in these two issues when she got hit with water, it caused her be- her her body to swell up like crazy. And then they spent the rest of the episode, com- I'm sorry, the rest of the comic commenting on her being fat. Okay, yeah, no, the show did it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that, oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, so as we hear that happen, we're going to jump into consequences because we're not just talking about the consequences of the actions of that comic but now we're talking about um for consequences the tv show i saw a lot of stuff come up from uh static number 22 through 24 all right so this is gonna sound really crazy but static had to face off against basically bang baby dog like the hulk dogs in the 2003 movie nope 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 this dog was able to control other people because once he bit them it gave him gave them a form of rabies that turned them into rabid individuals and he was able to direct his anger towards whatever his target was using these people and unfortunately Virgil's dad was one of the victims so as he was recovering this is where we see Virgil go through this downward spiral of just like how can he let this happen and we see a lot of his anger come out this is just one of many instances but this was the one that I saw the most of because there is at one point where he loses a friend to gun violence. So we do see kind of Virgil questioning the consequences of his actions. But this one had a lot of the same similar elements of like 
Virgil going to the hospital, recognizing that like there wasn't much that he could do or something that more that he could have done in certain cases. This part is better than Suicide Squad 2016, certainly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it's a very weird way to get to that. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I do like the themes being explored there of, you know, really thinking about what you're doing out here and feeling the weight of what you've chosen to do and chosen to step up. Yeah, I agree. And I do think that it does lend itself to the story that Static is always trying to tell because it is that he's trying to do the right thing. And it's something that just echoes out throughout all of his comics a lot. Um, You know, he does at times showboat and he does have the consequences that he has to deal with, but sometimes making the wrong decision or making the wrong move, knowing that he has this much power. And even there are small moments in which he might say a joke or do something where he questions it. Like he, um, some parts of that same number 20 through 24 story arc is him dealing with the consequences of not being there for his friend who is the comic book version of Richie once that character comes out as a gay man. So as he's like trying to think of like, what was the better way that he could have responded to the scenario? This is when he's like, all right, I can do better. So that's why consequences for me, again, was just like the, my best episode in my opinion, just because it was just like, it had that same feel of static, given that introspective look on himself and his life and what he could do and can't do, given now that he has all these powers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from that perspective, I can definitely see uh why it's so accurate and even though it doesn't have somebody falling in a movie theater (laughs) it still works yeah those were the comics that really i saw getting kind of like a a touch on just basically brought into our episodes here today um still hoping that one day we get that crossover moment of low romeo static hopefully it's the full music video but until then take care of yourselves and remember that if you ever get a chance to be a part of a a tv show production make sure you get the contract first before you start putting the the show out there for you yes and if you meet little romeo make sure he helps you solve a crime and it's a giant stretch limo because he'll probably correct the case Now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall, and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. We have a full OG static comic list starting with static number 10 and number 11. This two-parter is our intro to the static and puff dynamic that we see plenty of in the Static Shock series. She does look different here, but you can find her more television look in the newest static comic series. Next, we have static numbers 22 through 24. This story is a bit crazy, but we're adding this because of the plot point of Virgil's father being the victim of an attack and the emotional toil that it took on Virgil. An emotional toil that we also see again in our next comic on our list, static number 30. We decided to drop this one here instead of our gun violence episode because after Virgil's friend is shot and killed in front of him, he goes on a rampage that we saw echo out here on our consequences episode. And much like in that episode, his journey does change him, offering an opportunity for growth. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.